This message is from Grace Church, located in Frisco, a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. The Grace Church website is gracechurchfrisco.org. Craig Cabanis, the lead pastor, is the speaker for this message. Today is an ordination service, and we are ordaining uh, Caleb Wilkinson into gospel ministry today. And uh, just a word to our guests. Uh, I don't ever. I don't know if you've ever been to a wedding where you didn't know the person. Maybe you were the plus one, and you showed up to a stranger's wedding. Uh, it might feel like that for you today. But let me just encourage you. I think the content of what's going to be communicated today. Uh, can really be meaningful to you because I've been to weddings of people I didn't know and was crying. Uh, still deeply moved by the content, by the, the message of the gospel and by the love the couple shared for one another. So uh, I trust if you came here on a Sunday when you go, I don't know this guy, I don't know anybody here, I trust what's going to happen will be meaningful for you as well. So what I'm going to do is communicate uh, right now just kind of an introduction uh, to what we're going to do and, and what, what an ordination is and what an elder is, really a pastor to, to begin with. So the word ordain means to appoint, means to appoint or to install a minister of the gospel. But today we're not having a ceremony that makes someone a pastor. An ordination is not a ceremony that makes someone a pastor. Rather, it's a recognition of the Lord's calling on a man. The Lord's calling on a man to serve as an elder in his church. It's an affirmation of a man's character to represent the Lord to the church and to the world. It's a public recognition of his gifting to teach and lead and equip and care for God's people. And so today we're recognizing God's work in Caleb's life, and we are celebrating what that means to us as a church family. So the service will be broken into three parts. First, I'm going to briefly communicate what an elder uh, is to be like and what this kind of means for us as a church today. And then that's going to be followed by several testimonies about God's work uh, in our church through Caleb's life. And uh, then next, I will share a pastoral charge to Caleb, which will have relevance for all of us because it's from the Scripture, uh, calling him to faithful service um, by God's grace in the church And then he will take ordination vows before the Lord. And actually, we as a church will make some commitments as well. And then we'll go into the lobby and eat cake. So that's what will happen. Let me start by answering the question, what is a pastor? The, The Bible uses the term pastor elder and overseer synonymously, and they each uh, sort of describe a function or a role of the person who holds this office. So uh, the term pastor uh, gets at the idea of shepherding. It means shepherd, a pastor is a shepherd. It indicates the role of providing care, of feeding, of protecting the church. Um, The term Elder indicates the necessity of spiritual maturity. In the Bible, it's not necessarily tied to someone's age, but to their wisdom and their spiritual maturity. Uh, The term overseer indicates the role of, well, providing oversight. So this this office is someone who provides oversight and leads, who cares for and teaches and feeds and protects God's people, the sheep and the church, and someone who has the necessary spiritual maturity to serve as an example uh, to the church as well. 
And I really want to communicate kind of two things about this today. And the first is, so that we can all kind of appreciate what the Lord is doing, is that the Bible teaches us, excuse me, that pastors or shepherds are a gift given by God to his church, that, that they are a gift to the church. So, for instance, look at this scripture with me, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 13. It says, Jesus, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or some translations say pastors, the shepherd pastors and teachers to, note this, equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in this passage, we learn that a shepherd teacher or a pastor teacher is someone given by God to equip the saints, that's the member of the church, for the work of ministry in order to build the church up to maturity. So a shepherd teacher is absolutely not more important than anyone else or more valuable than any other member of the church. Every member of the church has a key role to play in the life of the church. The shepherd, however, is one of the offices that is responsible to equip others to use their gifts so that the church may mature. So Caleb, we receive his gifting and we receive him as a church as a gift today, not because we now have an additional person to do ministry. This isn't a celebration. He's not a gift, so we got somebody else who can get stuff done down at the church. Uh, That's not what today is about, but rather we have an additional person to equip us all for the work of the ministry. He's a gift because his, his gift has a multiplying effect in the congregation. It's to have a gift for equipping us so that we build one another up in the church. It's a net gain for everyone because we're equipped to use our gifts and we all benefit from that. He also equips us to use our gifts in the world as we are equipped not only for gathered worship and for congregational maturity, but as we scatter into our various places and callings that God has put us. So today's a day to thank God because he has given us a gift which will uh, help us to mature and help us be equipped to use our gifts and to walk out our faith in the various places God has called us that we might mature as a people. So in many ways today really isn't about Caleb at all. He's in some ways incidental to today. This is a day about God equipping us and gifting us for greater maturity. God is blessing us today. And God is saying, there's more for you to do. You need more help. You need more equipping to mature together as a people and to scatter as a people to be effective in our various responsibilities in life. In addition to equipping, a pastor is also called to oversee the affairs of the church so that we're wisely led. He's called to shepherd people so that we're cared for, especially in times of difficulty or suffering. He's called to protect the church through sound teaching so that we are guarded from false teachers and those who would seek to harm God's people. He's called to serve so that people are loved and encouraged to grow as followers of Christ. So we see that the Lord gives gifts to his church and pastors so that we can be equipped, led, cared for, taught, protected, and served 
It is, today is a day, again, about what God is doing in our midst. He has a purpose for his people, and the gift of leaders points us back to him and all that he has done and is doing in our lives through, the, through uh, his word and in the world. And secondly, pastors are given not only as gifts to equip, but also given as models to the church. Not perfect models, flawed, flawed models, but models nonetheless to lead. The scripture says, that, says much less about what a pastor is to do and much more about what he is supposed to be. And back in April, we did a study of 1 Timothy 3, which taught the character qualifications for an elder. They're basic character qualifications that all Christians are called to. There's no different. There's not two strata. There's not clergy and lady. Everyone who's called to be a follower of Christ is called to live above reproach. Everyone called to be a follower of Christ is called to be faithful in their family relationships, in their marriage, and as parents, to be uh, gentle and uh, gracious. Um, And so everyone is called to the same thing. The difference is that an elder is, is required or is called to consistently live a pattern that represents Christ and is above reproach. Um, Not perfect, but above reproach. A consistent life that represents Christ inside and outside the church. So if you've been around and you're a member of this church, uh, we said that the elders felt like they had gotten to know Caleb well and Mahdi well and felt like he qualified in those areas. Uh, But we invited the entire church's input to see if you would affirm him as an elder. And uh, there was, uh, without exception, uh, affirmation of his character. Uh, So this is not just the decision of a few people affirming him. It's the decision of a congregation as well, which is beautiful. And we we celebrate that. So what I'd like to do in terms of talking about ministry and equipping and modeling and all this kind of stuff is I'd like to uh, now transition to several folks who will offer uh, testimonies uh, about Caleb. So we've got got three, a couple and two uh, two individuals. If you guys would come on up uh, and welcome them as they come to share. So we will uh, we'll have Aaron and Jesse Bloss share first, and then we'll have Jared Howell, and then we'll have our friend Bob. So here you go. Now step back, and you guys can take it away. Uh, I'm Aaron Bloss, and this is my wife, Jesse, and we've been attending Grace Church for about a year and a half now, and, you know, we really come to love our church family here. Um, we first met Caleb and Maudie, and I'm saying that right, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always have to check, um, at a Rough Riders baseball game last fall and really got to connect with them there. Um, but we got to know Caleb better when Jess and I decided we needed to talk to someone about our, our communication challenges in our marriage. And um, the Lord really used Caleb to help us be more intentional about cultivating uh, and growing our marriage. Uh, he encouraged us to sign up for Reengage. And um, it's a program designed to help couples build their marriages uh, in a gospel-centered way. And Caleb and Monty were very instrumental in leading that 14-week course uh, through the amazing, open, and honest testimonies of godly married couples, uh, including Caleb and Monty. We felt that we were not alone in many of the challenges uh, that married couples face. Uh, from the weekly talks to the group times to the teaching times, uh, it was obvious that the Holy Spirit was at work in all of our lives. 
So prior to being at Grace Church, Aaron and I and our kiddos have moved a lot. There was definitely a sense of adventure with all of that moving, but also a lack of community and being known. So we definitely had areas in our marriage that needed work, and so we decided to reach out and get some help. And we feel extremely blessed to be part of a church that loves and supports us in many ways, and specifically in marriage. Caleb and Madi love the marriages in this church. That was extremely evident to Aaron and I when we met a handful of times with Caleb before we started re-engage. I had allowed myself to give in to comparison and believing that there were couples that seemed to have it figured out and why didn't we? But our times meeting with Caleb were very encouraging. We never left feeling like failures or the only ones with struggles, but we always felt genuinely known, loved, and served. Caleb Mahdi carried this same tone into the re-engage. It was very evident every week through their teaching and through the multiple couples that shared that we were all equally in need of help in our marriages. As the Lord graciously reminded me of my great need of his mercy and grace, that then allowed me to start showing that more effectively towards Aaron. I'm also very grateful for Mahdi I feel like we have connected very quickly because she also personally just carries the same tone of transparency. We found a lot of similarities in our stories, lots of moving, dealing with pain, wanting to be good moms and struggling to be at times. It's encouraging for me to know someone like Mati who's not afraid to be real about both the joys and challenges of life. So guys, um, we are very excited that you're putting roots down here. Um, You've already blessed us through the loving care for our marriages and obviously caring for the marriages in this this, uh, church. And we're very excited to see what the Lord's going to do with your time here. We love you guys. Well, it's an incredible honor to be a part of this ordination service. And at first I wasn't sure uh, what I should talk about, but then as I thought about it, it became clear why I was asked to uh, share. It's because, Caleb, I'm your very best friend, obviously. (laughs) Actually, when Caleb and Madi first came to Dallas, I was excited about becoming friends, getting coffee, grabbing lunch together. Then I realized he would be friends with other people as well, and I got a little jealous. But seriously, what a challenge to be new to the area, new to the church, and jump into brand new relationships with the responsibility to care for those people without really even knowing them yet. And Caleb didn't miss a beat. Right off the bat, he dove into deep relationships, caring for people in our church, and working alongside our pastors to bear fruit in this congregation. This was exciting to me as I began to look forward to all that God would accomplish in and through Caleb and Madi here at Grace Church. And not only have I watched and observed how Caleb has consistently loved, encouraged, and cared for others in our church with a strong commitment to the gospel, but I have been the recipient of his faithful care both as a member of Grace Church and simply as a friend. Since Caleb and Madi came to be with us at Grace, Sarah and I have walked through seasons of grief and sorrow, and Caleb and Madi were there walking with us and caring for our hearts. They were so gracious to gently encourage us with the truth of the gospel, and other times they were simply a listening ear 
and a shoulder to lean on. Through these many months, Caleb has shown that he is first and foremost a follower of Christ, living in daily repentance, pursuing holiness, and seeking to bear fruit privately as well as publicly. He has also fought to be faithful in the areas he has been tasked with as the pastoral intern here at Grace. He has also uh, shown himself to be a capable overseer in implementing and leading the re-engaged marriage ministry, a ministry which has impacted and produced fruit in my marriage as well as many marriages here in our church. He also serves our body through his gifts as a counselor and a comforter. He's been an example to me of a godly man, godly husband, and I want to say this publicly, Caleb, I'm not surprised that today has come. And I'm so thankful that God has brought you to us. And in light of 1 Timothy 3, I want you to know what I have seen in your conduct. You are a man above reproach. You have sought to faithfully love and lead your wife, both publicly and privately. You have clothed yourself in Christ-like love, gentleness, hospitality. You teach, instruct, exhort, and encourage with humility. You are an example of a godly man who loves and disciples his children with dignity. You are respected and thought well of both by us here and by those in our community who you have begun to build relationships with. And above all, you've been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have all confidence that in the coming days, you will show yourself to be a trustworthy steward of the gospel as you continue to depend on him who has called you. Love you, man. Uh, my name is Bob Hughes. I'm part of the pastoral team here. Caleb, what a joy, brother. I love you. I respect you so much. What a, what a gift you are to us. Let me follow my notes here. Uh, on behalf of the pastoral team here at Grace Church, and also as a member of the Sovereign Grace Regional Ordination Committee, it's my great joy to commend and celebrate your ordination to pastoral ministry. As a representative of the Regional Ordination Committee, I want to affirm that you have faithfully completed the extensive year-long training of the Sovereign Grace Pastors College, scoring at the very top of your class. You've also invested an additional sacrificial year as an intern here at Grace making significant impact in the life of this church. You studied extensively, completing the rigors of a comprehensive Bible knowledge exam, theological exam, oral exam, as well as the composition of six separate theological essays, all done with excellence and with, with a substantive competency. Say that five times. Substantive competency. Though, brother, you need a course in penmanship. Your handwriting is a total mess. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. Finally, uh, you've been evaluated by all of our pastors throughout the Southwest region who unanimously and wholeheartedly commend and celebrate your ordination to pastoral ministry. Speaking as a representative of the pastoral team here at Grace Church, 
Buddy, we could not be more thrilled to have you join our team. You, Caleb, are a pastor's pastor who models a wonderful mix of passion for Jesus and his word, devotion to your sweet wife and family, empathy for hurting people, skill in individual and marriage counseling, commitment to life-on-life discipleship, and a deep burden to bring the gospel to the world. You've been a significant complement to the makeup of our pastoral team. Thank you. Uh, You're easy to work with. Uh, You bring significant wisdom and discernment to our team decision-making. In addition, each of us personally on the team have experienced your very intentional friendship, care, and encouragement to us in so many meaningful ways uh, as we've grown together this past year. We're so grateful that the Lord would love Grace Church so much that he would give us the gift of a pastor like you, Caleb. Congratulations. You may respond. And we like Madi even better, okay? Thank you, each of you, for, uh, for sharing. Um, I, I'm going to share an ordination charge with Caleb now, but I want you, as you listen to this, to consider your own life because except for one very small part of this passage, this applies to everyone in the room. Uh, again, there's not different standards of godliness and discipleship uh, that are elevated to super saints or something pastors or something missionaries or whatever. Uh, we're all called to a godliness. So what I'm going to talk about today uh, in a moment here, this scripture really will apply to every one of us. So put your name uh, in almost everything I say to Caleb, and, uh, and, and I think you'll benefit and be edified by God's word. Uh, well, I'm really so thankful to be a part of this day in uh, your lives. Um, it has been a joy to get to know you two, Caleb and Marty, over the last 18 months and be able to serve alongside you, Caleb in uh, caring for God's people. Uh, I just echo everything Bob said. He was assigned to say that, so I can't say all that stuff. We don't have the time, but everything he said, I just want to ditto that in terms of my appreciation and gratitude for you as well. And the more I've gotten to know both of you, the more I respect you. It doesn't always work that way. You know, you get to know someone better. (laughs) Sometimes you don't grow in respect. Uh, But for sure, that's been my experience with you. Uh, today is the day that we thank God and look forward to a, a really wonderful future together, wonderful, really decades of pastoral ministry in front of you. So we, we look forward to what God will do um, through you. I chose today what I think is an appropriate passage to look at, which is a passage aimed at a younger pastor, though we all benefit from the content here. It's specific words that Paul gave to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16. 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16. This is what Paul told Timothy. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, to teaching. 
do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I'm going to spend a little time on that first slide, David, so we could go back to the first one. Thank you. And just camp there for a little bit. Um, In this passage, Paul is simply telling his young protege, uh, whose name is Timothy, he's simply telling him to set an example through his belief and through his behavior. Set an example through your belief and through your behavior. And that is your calling, Caleb. It's all of our callings, but it's your calling in a unique way because a pastor is called to lead by setting an example through belief and behavior. It's, it's a, this passage charges you uh, to set an example, first of all, with your life. Look at uh, verse 12 there. It says, look no, let no one look down on your youth, but rather what he's saying is let them look up to you because of your example. Let no one look down upon your youth, but let them look up to you because of your example. Uh, I'm 20 plus years your senior, almost old enough. Well, I guess that would be old enough to be your dad. Uh, But I look up to you in so many ways. I look up to you in so many ways of your example, in ways that Paul tells Timothy here. And and these are things that you are living out. But today I just want to charge you to persevere and grow and mature in these things. Paul tells him, first of all, set an example in your speech. Set an example in your speech. May your speech, Caleb, be filled with grace. Allow the gospel to take root increasingly in your heart so that your speech is filled with the fruit of the gospel, so that your speech is filled with gratitude, so that your speech is filled with appreciation, humility, so that your speech is filled with encouragement and confession. Don't speak like someone grasping for respect. Don't be argumentative or grumbling and complaining or critical. Don't give all the answers, but rather be quick to listen and slow to speak, as James says. Our speech is one place where we can quickly erode our example. Your example can be tarnished through what you say or through what, in this day, what you write and post uh, very quickly. So God calls you as a pastor to pay close attention to your words And our prayer is that you would continue to use and to grow in the vocabulary of grace. Secondly, he says, set an example in your conduct, in your conduct. Leadership in the church is character-driven. It's not position-driven. Godly leadership is modeled through serving and not lording it over people. And in this passage, Paul calls him to some specific conduct. He says to set an example, for instance, in love, that he is... Timothy is to conduct himself in love, and so, so are you. This is how Jesus led. He preferred others. He loved them. He put their needs above his own, and ultimately, he sacrificed himself for others. Jesus is certainly first our substitute, but he's also our example of love, expressing care and patience and forbearance. For just as the Lord has loved you and been gracious and merciful and patient, with you, so you are to turn 
and express that same patience and mercy to others. Caleb, it's a high privilege to shepherd God's people and to set an example of love. This precious flock is Christ's flock, and he's appointing you as an under-shepherd to love us because he loves us. He also says to set an example in faith. That is, set an example by trusting God. Don't let people look down upon you because of your youth, but rather cause them to look up to you because of your faith. As a leader, you must have and you must offer to others a big God, a huge God. You will never have a perfect faith or a struggle-free faith, but by grace, God calls you to a life characterized by trusting him. He's the good shepherd to his people, and he is faithful to them. And so it is vital for you as an under-shepherd to be confident in God's faithfulness because you are often called to care for others when they lack confidence in God's faithfulness. You're often called to lead in uncertain circumstances, and so you are called to trust God to work in not only your life, your wife's life, and your kid's life, but also in others' lives. Your faith in the goodness of God is a key part of setting an example. And as one who's received your care and counsel, even recently walking through something in my own life, uh, I have borrowed from your faith and your confidence in God when, I, when my feet have not been steady. And so I know that's part of who you are. I've received that gift, that model, that example, that care. Persevere in trusting God. Lastly, he mentions purity. Purity is primarily emphasizing moral purity. Sexual infidelity in a leader's life not only disqualifies the leader, but also harms the reputation of the church and harms the reputation of our Savior to our world. So may you continue to cultivate your love for one woman, Madi, so that your marriage demonstrates the love of Christ for his church. God has blessed you with a godly, wise, supportive companion in Madi. May you treasure her more and more as you two grow older together. In verse 13, he calls Timothy to set an example through his belief. So while we are all called to... um, be examples to others in our speech, our conduct, our love, our faith, our purity. Uh, There's something also specific here, and that is that he calls Timothy to set an example through his belief. He is to devote himself, the scripture says, to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. What he's saying to Timothy and what he's saying to you, Caleb, is that you're to be devoted to God's word. And you are to feed the flock publicly and privately to exhort and teach the word of God. May God give, may you give yourself to God's word and may you continue as a learner. That's one of your greatest strengths as a young man is that you are a diligent learner. Never lose that. May you continue to posture yourself until you meet the Lord throughout your life as a learner. Someone who takes a humble posture with much to learn. We're all in that place. Uh, So may you continue to be a learner of God's word and may you be devoted to God's word. As a pastor, without God's word, you have nothing to offer people. You really have nothing of substance to change people's lives. There's a value to presence. There's a value to being a listening ear. But at some point, when you are seeking to strengthen and feed people, encourage and protect them, you must bring them truth 
And that's God's word. Without God's word, you have nothing at all. So persevere in God's word. He summarizes this entire exhortation on verse 16. If we go to the next slide, he says in that last, uh, the third line up, that last sentence, keep a close watch on yourself and the teaching. That's really the call to you today, the charge moving forward. You have done that. And the charge is to persevere in keeping a close watch on yourself and the teaching. Well, what is the teaching that he refers to? Well, he defined the teaching in chapter 1. In chapter 1 of this letter, Paul wrote to Timothy, here's the teaching. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Throughout this letter, Paul is saying the teaching to be guarded, to be valued, and to be treasured is the gospel. The good news that Jesus died and rose for us. You must pay attention. You must give attention. You must be fixated and focused on the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of Jesus which saved you and everyone who will believe. The good news that through Jesus and his work, God is restoring all things and will one day establish a new heaven and a new earth, restoring everything to the way that it was intended to be under the rule of Jesus. And until that day, it will be your ongoing responsibility and your ongoing joy to keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Knowing this, Caleb, that God in Jesus is working through you. After all, he is keeping a close watch over you. He is keeping you. He is keeping us. And that is your confidence. By grace, may you rest in this truth. May you persevere. May you have many years of fruitful ministry resting on this truth that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. He doesn't need any of us. He will build his church, but he kindly uses each of us in our various roles. And it's our joy to recognize today his calling and his using, uh, and his, and how he is using you in this church and how we anticipate he will continue to do so as we are all equipped to use our gifts to build up the body of Christ and to bear fruitful witness in all the various places that he scatters us throughout the week. I love you. I am for you. I look forward to uh, many years of serving together. I've benefited from your care and your counsel, and I look forward to, uh, to uh, walking together and watching what God does in you and through you in the years to come. I love you, brother. I'm for you. Mm. Okay, I'm going to invite Bob and Rob and Caleb up now. And uh, Rob is going to lead uh, you, Caleb, through taking some ordination vows. And then Rob's going to lead us as a church in response as well. So uh, you need a mic. Oh, you got one. Great. Thank you, Craig. We're going to do the reading of some vows. And so I'm going to read some of these vows. And then, Caleb, you're going to respond with an I do. And then, uh, then there's going to be vows that I'm going to read to the church, and it's your opportunity to say, we do. And uh, just so you are, we're all clear what vows are, they are public commitments that we are making before God and making them before one another, the people of God, but 
we are depending upon God's grace. So it's, it's all by God's grace I do and we do. And so having said that, I'm going to go ahead and read through these. I don't need to say that each time. Vows. You don't okay. have to say that each time. Good. You can if you want. These are your vows. But, but uh, let me go ahead and read these and, and then you respond. Okay, so Caleb, do you promise to shepherd the flock of God, not under compulsion but willingly, not for shameful gain but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. I do. Do you promise to faithfully guard the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer? And do you promise to protect that flock from false teaching, division, and dissension? I do. Do you promise to care for the flock of God, not as a hireling, but as an under-shepherd of the great shepherd, Caring for his sheep as the precious ones for whom he died. I do. Do you promise in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and this congregation, promise to preach the word in season and out of season? And do you promise to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience, enduring suffering, while remaining sober-minded in all of your preaching and teaching? And will you do the work of an evangelist among those whom God has given you charge? I do. Do you declare sincerely before God that you believe all the articles and points of the doctrine contained in our statement of faith fully agree with Scripture? And do you own that statement as the statement and confession of your faith? And do you promise to teach and defend these doctrines in public and private? I do. Do you promise further that if in the future you, you come to have reservations about any of these doctrines, you will share these reservations with your eldership team and with the regional assembly of elders? I do. And do you promise to keep a close watch on yourself and to walk humbly before others, to be self-suspicious of your own motives, to invite criticism from others, and to make yourself accountable to those whom God has put in your life? I do. And do you submit without exception to the explicitly mandated practices of the Sovereign Grace Book of Church Order, affirming that that form of government is wise and suitable application of scriptural principles? I do. Great. Do you promise to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel and to show yourself in all respects, in action and in speech, to, to be a model of good works, integrity, and dignity, so that neither the church nor our Savior Jesus Christ nor the gospel may be brought into reproach. I do. And do you promise to continually seek the gifts of the Spirit that you might serve God's people, not in the energy of the flesh, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, and to carry out your ministry without fear of man? But by God's grace, I do. Excellent, excellent. Okay, church, now it's your turn. Your turn to give your vows of we do. So let me read these out to you guys and, and we'll respond to Caleb directly. Do you, Grace Church, the people of Grace, receive Caleb Wilkinson as your pastor? Do you promise to receive the word of truth? We're getting some music. This is a, an anointed moment. The next question is, do you promise to receive the word of truth from him with meekness 
and love and to submit to him in the due biblical exercise of his leadership? Do you promise to supply him with whatever material support he may need to fulfill his ministry among you? And do you promise to encourage him in his labors and to assist his ministry and leadership for your spiritual edifications that's building up the evangelization of the lost and the promotion of God's glory? Excellent. We're going to pray for you, Caleb. We're going to lay hands on you pray for you. You guys welcome Maddie. She's just as much a part of this. Excellent. Okay, let's let's pray together. Father, you have heard all of these vows, all these public commitments made before you and before God's people. Lord, we're taking this very seriously, Lord, because your word instructs us to take this very seriously. And so, Lord, we submit to your word and we submit to the instruction of your word. Your word is a protection to us. Uh, Your word continues to point us to Jesus and to his grace and to the cross and resurrection for our justification, for our sanctification, for ultimate uh, personal resurrection and glorification. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for good news. We thank you that this is a day of celebrating ultimately the good news of saving Caleb and Mahdi, Lord, of, of just individually drawing them to you and then in time, bringing them together and giving them a family, Lord, we celebrate that in their life, Lord. And we couldn't have written the story of Caleb and Mahdi coming here to this church and just all the unique ways and, and, the, and the journey and the path that he took to find himself here as a pastor at Grace Church, Lord. So we just, we're thrilled and we just thank you for them, Lord. We just, we bless you and we thank you and we just say thank you to you first and foremost. And and now, Father, we ask that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit, because all of these vows and commitments are only by your grace. And your grace empowers. As we ask for help, your, your grace uh, fills us and helps us, Lord. So Holy Spirit and Comforter, come and encourage him through the highs and the lows. Encourage Mahdi, Lord, as, as, a, as a wife to a pastor and all the challenges that that, that comes with that, that role as well, Lord. Fill her with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Protect them, protect their marriage. Uh, Lord, make him fruitful in this church for years to come. Let the ripple effects of his ministry be felt for years and years to come. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite your help. We open up our hearts to you, and we thank you so much for Caleb and Mahdi and their, their wonderful family and just joining them to this church, and we celebrate your good work of grace in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, um, let's see. I think these are yours, Rob. These are yours. Can I sit? Um, okay, uh, if you guys, before, you, before you're going to share something, but before you do, uh, I want to give you guys a gift. And uh, can you hand me the gift, honey? Thank you. It's my wife. I didn't just call a random person, honey, just so you know. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> thought that could be very awkward for the guests. Who is it? Um, this is a gift. Yeah, it's to you, and this is a financial gift. 
uh, as a church, we wanted to bless you guys, uh, just to express our love. They just moved yesterday, and so you might need some something-somethings for your house, right? And so, yes, so this, yeah, let me give this to you, Marty, okay? And then uh, I'll give this to you. How about that? <laughs> and, uh, and let him get a little something, okay? It's not a little something that he likes. And then um, I'm going to let you hang on to those because we're going to do this again in the second service. So don't open it. Uh, can you hand me the flat? Uh, and then this is a uh, certificate of ordination to you that you can hang. Yes. And it says, um, in part, I won't read the whole thing but because there's a lot of text on it. But it in part says, this is to certify that Daniel Caleb Wilkinson, having proved his divine gift and calling and having consecrated himself to this calling according to the word of God, has on this uh, 22nd day of July 2018, through the laying on of hands and prayer, been set apart and ordained as a pastor and a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And has some further detail on there that really just kind of reflects the vows that you just took. But this will be something to commemorate the day uh, as well. So I'll set that, uh, that there. And... Uh, and then I'll hand you the mic. Uh, here we go. You got one? You good? I think we're done. It's, it's his good deal. Good morning, everyone. Is that mic on? Well, guys, 13 years ago, I was stationed in Texas, just north, north of here, uh, a really broken man. I was stationed there by the Air Force, and my life was in shambles, and I was hurting very much because I thought that I had ruined my life beyond repair. And only then, only the Lord then would know that I would be standing here just a few years later making this commitment to serve his people. Friends, based off my past, I am the most unlikely of candidates to serve you as one of your pastors. But the Lord redeems. He was up to something magnificent then. He was transforming my life. He was then beginning to show me that real life is in Jesus and that, uh, that real life was treasuring him, making him my prize. And, and he was showing me then that the glorious gospel of the cross was the only way to him. Jesus has been so kind to me. More than a shepherd, I am a sheep that has received his extravagant tender mercy and grace. And he's used his church. He's used many people in his church over these years, many, several pastors as well, to be channels of that grace to me. So being ordained today to serve you as one of your pastors is just his continued mercy on my life. And I thank him more than anyone. I thank him for setting his heart on me, setting his affection on me, setting his mercy on me. When I left uh, Texas way back then, I never thought I would be returning. I never fathomed it. But then I met Craig, and he and the elders invited me to explore whether God would have me serve this church as a pastor. And so Maddie and I uh, came down here for a weekend uh, to explore whether God would do this. And when we landed in Frisco, we were originally thinking, no way. No way would he move us back to Texas. It's too far from things we like too much. Our family and, for me, mountains. There, there's no way he'd bring us here. But then we spent three days with you guys. 
and our hearts softened to the point where an hour before we were getting ready for the airport at Craig and Ginger's house, we didn't know what we were going to do. And it was then that I felt like the Lord was grabbing me and getting my attention. Um, and this is what I, I felt like he said something like this to me. He was impressing this on, on me. I, could, I, I, I was standing just a stone's throw from here. I could see the church building. And I felt like he was grabbing me sort of by the chin and, and, and saying, look at my church. There's nothing more beautiful on the earth to me than my church. There's no more precious place than this. Stop saying there's nothing beautiful here. What's most beautiful to me is here. And on top of that, he was telling me, no matter where you go, you're not going to be home home. Until I welcome you home, you're going to be on a sojourn with my people. And you can be as happy and content anywhere you are because I will be with you. And I want to tell you, friends, Grace Church, that over the last year, you have been used to convince Monty and I that this is true, that his church really is the most precious place on the earth. And he's also used you to show us he's with us. And, and we are very content because he's with us. So we want to thank you for welcoming for this year long of welcoming us to this family for your generous hospitality, for your warm encouragement and friendship, for all your sacrificial service. Yesterday, there was a bunch of people helping us move uh, in the 110-degree heat or whatnot, and it was the best move we've ever done, even though it was like being in the Mojave Desert. Uh, we, 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 we just were feeling so blessed by your sacrificial service, your love for our family. And uh, we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for reminding us over and over again of the gospel both by your words and your deeds. We want to tell you that we are overjoyed that I get to serve you as one of your pastors, that you would allow me to serve you in such a way. It's a great honor. So thank you. Thank you for entrusting the fine china of your lives to, to me and to my wife, the, you know, your, your, your marriages and your families, your very hearts. It's a privilege to walk beside you as we follow the Savior together. We're thrilled. We also want you to know that we're just thrilled to be a part of this community, to be a part of what God is doing among us. We're we're very excited to be raising our children here in a place that treasures Christ and loves his church like you do. We're so grateful. We're so grateful. Um, fellow elders, my, my pastoral team, thank you for inviting me into this partnership. Thank you for taking a chance on us, for, for giving me this opportunity to be your co-pastor, to, to serve alongside you, this precious people. Thank you for, um, thank you to you and to your beautiful wives for the way you have so intentionally loved and cared and invested in our family. It's, it's been uh, just it's something we've wanted, we've longed for, we've never received. Uh, we're rich to be on the pastoral team with you. So we're grateful. Thank you. And finally, Madi, I want to I tell you uh, that without your covenant companionship, none of this would be possible. Um, and really, without your 
uh, ongoing commitment to walk by me and support me, without your ongoing commitment to uh, covenant with me as my closest companion, I couldn't commit to take the vows I just did with this church. I wouldn't. I couldn't. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your faith to follow our Savior. I want to thank you for your love for me and for our children. I want to thank you for allowing me to pastor you and our children and for helping me do so, for helping me grow. I'm going to add a vow. Uh, one more vow to my vows. Babe, I, I vow that you and our children are going to continue to be my primary ministry. And anything, any, any meaningful fruit that the Lord would allow in this church is going to be an overflow out of our home. I love you. Thank you. Thank you more than anything else for loving Jesus more than me and our children. I know that it's this commitment, this, this, this was your primary motivation in choosing this life with me of being a pastor's wife, moving to Texas to be a part of this church. So thank you, dear. Um, brothers and sisters, uh, just one more thing. Um, I just took some very weighty vows, and who really is sufficient for such things? No one. No one is without the Lord helping, without the Lord promising to uh, give his abundant grace. And I want to let you know that you will continue to be a part of this grace. You just took vows to me and my family, and I want to thank you for doing that. I do want to ask that you please do pray for me and our family. Please continue to love us and encourage us and be patient and gracious with us as we grow with you. I, I am a pastor now. Yes, but I am a man just like you who is in need of change. I'm in need of the Savior. And so please keep pushing us to Jesus because we're all on this journey together to him. And, and we need you. And we just want to say we are grateful in advance. Thank you. You've been listening to a message from Grace Church. For more information, visit our website or write us at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org.